0: back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post.
1: Good morning everyone, welcome to Pass the Post, Sunday February 7th, it is officially summer, but from a racing point of view it probably felt like autumn yesterday when we saw some great racing at Royal Rammick and Caulfield, we saw Profiteer at Royal Rammick. he really laid down the gauntlet to Enthar of who is Australia's... Current best juvenile, and of course, uh, we had the first group one of the year, the CF4 at Caulfield, and won by a horse who actually captured his second group one. His first group one was at the same track and trip, of course, talking about Streets of Avalon winning the CF4. lot of good racing, listed and feature racing at both meetings. We'll dissect those this morning. Several guests coming up. Good meetings as well at Eagle Farm and Morfordville. So, we're back in business, past the post, Sunday, February 7th. Nathan Exelby, good
2: morning. Good morning, David. Nice to be back.
1: 100% and um, as I said, it had <coughs> a real autumn feel about it yesterday, even though we're officially still in summer.
2: It certainly did. It was uh, one good race after another in the south, wasn't it? It was tough going at Eagle Farm for, for favourite backers, though.
1: You said to me yesterday, <laughs> you, you didn't sound enthused and uh, <laughs> that was reflected in the results. That was reflected in the results. We couldn't even get a dollar. Well, so.
2: No, that's right. Hopefully you bet accordingly then and, and uh, reined it in. Uh, No, not quite. (laughs) That didn't happen. Anyway,
1: let's uh, swing into action. And as I said, the first Group 1 of the year was held at Caulfield yesterday, the CF4 at 1,400 metres. Let's have a listen to the replay.
3: Sovereign Award kept them running 650 metres to go, two length Streets of Avalon, two and a quarter, Blaze Jowski Crosshaven, followed by Imaging, next in the field, Humidor Sir Dragon A is third last then Arcadia Prince and Angel of Truth is last, Sir Dragon A given a slap with the whip around the turn Sovereign Award had them chasing at the 350 from Streets of Avalon Crosshaven, Imaging to the middle of the track and then Blaze Jowski, Streets of Avalon at the 200, here's Imaging pounding down the middle and then came Crosshaven, Streets of Avalon digs in 100 to go, Imaging not there yet, Streets of Avalon Imaging stride for stride, Streets of Avalon fights, it's a winner, Streets of Avalon won the group one, Imaging second, Crosshaven third, Humidor is up for four with Angel of Truth Blaze Jowski and then came Sir Dragon A Never Sighted, Sovereign Award and last of all was Arcadia Prince.
1: Streets of Avalon takes bad luck out of the equation, rolls forward in his races and has a heart as big as a lion. And that was uh, both features were on full display there at the best level, the Group 1 yesterday. Shane Nichols is Streets of Avalon's trainer and he's our first guest this morning. Shane, good morning and congratulations. What a day it was for you yesterday.
4: Thank you very much. Yeah, it was. And I think you summarised it fairly well. He, uh, he certainly has got uh, some ticker in him. He, uh, the other horse, Imaging leveled up and he was just uh too strong so yeah we we I'm in admiration of a ho- of that horse.
1: I think if you took a straw poll across punters watching that race <laughs> when imaging went along side streets of Avalon, probably most would have thought he's going to beat him he's not going to beat him by far, but he's going to beat him, but this is where he, I love your horse he just dug in deep yeah he did I thought the same
4: I said oh he's got to us I was watching him with my wife Brooke, and she uh I said oh, I think we're bugged, I think we're going here. <laughs> And uh, he just rallied and, and uh, didn't lay down. So it's um, it's a remarkable horse, you know, to be doing that. He had that was his 54th run. Uh, to be doing that at this still at this time, he's he's uh, great.
2: You mentioned it as his 54th run, Shane. But is it fair to say he's come back better than ever? He's not noted as a first up performer yet. He was able to tick that box first up, and he's gone on with the job again yesterday.
4: Yeah, he. Um, he, uh, We had him fairly forward first up for the Australia Stakes. I wanted him sort of uh, up and about because we weren't going to have many runs in the, in the autumn. So I wanted him fairly forward and fairly fairly fit um, and we were able to get away with the Australia Stakes. And then he didn't really need a lot of training into the, into the cf 4 um, and he was able to just hold that, that level. But, uh, you know, to come away with two wins early in his prep, this stage of his career, it's just been wonderful.
1: It certainly is and... and um... I want to make a point again about that, but those 54 starts. You look at a horse like Humidor, it's like he's been around everything Bar The Egg and Spoon Race, but he's only had 46. <laughs> You've had 54. But this is a horse that didn't hit the ground with any blaze of glory. He's just been a horse who's just kept on getting better and better and better.
4: Yeah, as a 2-year-old, he was a bit soft-boned and a bit shin-sore. We just gave him two or three runs. And then as a 3-year-old, he um, he was consistent, but we, we I didn't really... I trained him a little soft as a three-year-old because he he just wasn't quite able to cope, and he, he he was running well without winning. I think he only won a maiden at three, but then once he turned four, he uh, I think he won six Saturday races in his four-year-old season, um, and then just the unique part about him is he's he continued to improve from from four to five, and mm. you you probably think and say that he may have even improved from five to six, which is just so few are able to
2: do that. And great scenes yesterday, Shane, with, with Zach Spain getting his first group one win. Talk us through the association with, with Zach. Yeah, it's, it's
4: sort of one of those ones where, you know, you, you start using your jockey, they might win a few races for you, you form a bit of a relationship, they come and ride trials, their ride some work if you need some, he's got a good rapport with the owners. Um, so, you know, it's been able to, to uh, deep and over time. But lovely to see him rewarded with that. And, you know, he'll he'll obviously cherish that moment forever. He he won a listed race on the horse as an apprentice and then obviously group two a couple of weeks ago and now group one. So I'm sure that horse will have a special place in his heart. And let's hope that, you know, a bit like sort of John McNeil seized on winning a Melbourne Cup and become a, um, you know, a, certainly a, a regular getting a lot of rides on a Saturday, then uh, hopefully Zach will, will, will fall into the same boat. Because you like to see these kids get
1: rewarded for working hard. A couple of uh, questions to put to you about Streets of Avalon. And, and facts don't lie, figures don't lie, and the stats are there for all to see. Track and trip, track and distance. Five <laughs> of his ten wins have been at the Caulfield 1400. Does he have a real love for that? That that, that, that? Because it is, it is a, a different circuit to, to many circuits, but he, he just seems to go around like a greyhound. Yeah, he loves it. I wish they'd run the Cox Plate there
4: <laughs> over seven furlongs. The... um. It, it's, the only time he comes unstuck there is if he draws bad because it is hard work up the hill. Mm. Um but because he puts himself up on speed, that you know, he, I, I don't know whether he's ever had any uh race trouble that's that stopped him winning a race. Because of his racing pattern always up on the speed, he avoids a lot of the interference and, and you know, he's a he's a great horse and he loves that circuit. So um he gets around the valley pretty good. Uh, he's won at Flemington. Um I think the only place he hasn't won Sandown, but uh He's only been there one or two times. Yeah, the seven furlongs at Corfield and we're lucky enough that they run quite a lot of really good races there for him. So he'll go to the Futurity in a fortnight uh, and he'll present up again really well.
2: I'm just watching some pictures on on Racing.com, Shane, of you celebrating just in the the wake of him going across the line there yesterday. After the Futurity, what plans do you have uh, beyond that?
1: Oh, look,
4: I'm not sure, but we may front up in a William Reid. I just think the way the races are going to fall, not that you ever have a weak William Reid, but... Um, it might not be a bad option for him. There's a few that will probably get drawn up to Sydney at that time, and it, it just may lack a little bit of depth. So, um, but we'll see how he comes through the maturity and just play it run by run. You know, the horse owes us nothing if if uh, if he ever comes to a run jaded, which to be honest, it doesn't happen with him very often. He eats well and he he trots out clean every time he runs. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll probably go down that path at the moment. But look, I, I wouldn't say. The maturity gives you a, a free pass into the all-star mile, which he ran in last year, and he doesn't get a mile, but he, he, he possibly could get it around the valley. He ran well in a fee, and uh, the Humidor won, and he was interfered with, and uh, Ben Mellon rode him, thought he probably should have run second that day, uh, if not one. So, uh, you know, that's probably, if he was lucky enough, obviously, to, to win a, a second maturity, then uh, that's that's possibly an option as well.
1: Shane, it's interesting you say that because I think the all-star mile being at the valley this year is going to assist some horses and maybe lessen the chances of others, even though it's going to be a great field. And he's one that, as you said, uh, a mile around the valley. He's probably suspect of the mile, but around the valley, he may be able to do it. Just before you go, a bit about yourself. You've had a bit of a rocky time in the past uh, year or so. Yeah,
4: we've had a bit going on. So In 2020, we won a group one. We... uh... My, my wife's uh heavily pregnant she's due in about 12 days with child number well five for me two for us so we COVID, you know there wasn't much to do in covid time and you know how it is but uh and then uh yeah come october four we had a had a heart attack and uh yeah that took a little bit of getting over i'm about uh well just over three months post heart attack now or four months and uh feeling pretty good the last sort of two months i felt felt good i I uh, perhaps get a bit short of breath, but I, I feel great. And uh, it's, it's a good time to be alive. Yeah,
1: it certainly is. <laughs> and 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 also, too, I always like to pay compliment to the owners. Tell us about the owners of this horse.
4: Uh, so Phil Warren bred the horse, and uh, he, he he sort of gave him to me. I've trained a few horses for Phil over the years. And uh, uh, he said, what are we going to do with a colt? Why don't we get him ready for a ready-to-race sale? So um, he breezed up in 1099 and looked like a nice enough horse. And we got him x-rayed. He was x ray train like He had uh, a big cyst in a stifle and a fairly bad um, sesamoid bone. So we withdrew him from sale. He put uh, four mates in, 10% for two grand each. And the five of them are racing the horse. So uh, they're having a wonderful time. And you know their families have all uh, become pretty close now. They, they've never had a crossword. And I think they enjoy every moment of it. I don't know how, how heavily they would have celebrated last night, but I'm tipping. Um, pretty heavy because I haven't spoken to any of them this morning. They'd still be <laughs> shame
1: toast, I'd hope. It sounds by our chat that you're in a good place, Brooks. In a good place, and the Streets of Avalon and Zach Spain and the others are in a good place as well. So it's all good and all good towards the futurity. And, you th- and thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Appreciated. Any time, Anytime at all. Thanks very much. Shane Nichols there, who was based at Mornington with the Streets of Avalon winning, imaging good.
2: Yeah, he he did a tough in the run, imaging racing wide. As you say, David, though you assumed he was going to go past Streets of Avalon the way he loomed so ominously. Uh, what did you think of the Cox Plate winner? Well, it looked poor to me. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I,
1: it, <coughs> EPC every possible chance. The beaten margin was 10 lengths and and, and gone, to use the... Gone a long way from home. Yeah. I see Glenn Boss did say post race he Wouldn't blame the track, but he did say... The horse is better on softer ground, but he didn't put the track down, so I think he described and the performance as dour.
2: Yeah, it was dour, and you wonder that Cox Plate now, how much he was assisted by the wet track that day. They came in th- home at thirty-seven and a half. and um, But th- those really good top-weight-for-age horses that Winner Cox played and even Winner Melbourne Cup have always raced well in the oar, so um, yeah, he's at a crossroads now, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he certainly is, but I think probably going back to an old theory as well, you can forgive them for one sure. bad run, so we won't... The jury's probably out. There's another old expression he used this morning. Well, talking about the Cox Plate of last year, a horse who raced in that uh, was back in action in the, the race before the All yesterday, the Jeffrey the Bell May. This is a Group 3 race for the Mayors. Her name is Probabil. Now, morning line, she wasn't the favourite, but in the end she was the favourite, and here's the reason why.
3: Up to the turn, lashes just in front from Snap Dancer. Probabil three wide. Paul's Regret behind them from Mamzell, Tess Sierra Sue three off the lead from Des Moines Mystery Love. The widest Bams on fire. Alita. great digest behind them. Lashes at the 250 grabbed by Snap Dancer, but Probabil pounces. She takes Snap Dancer and Lashes Paul's Regret. Probabil takes the lead. She's going to be too classy. 100 to go. She's two legs. Paul's Regret and Probabil back in style from Paul's Regret Snap Dancer. Lashes, probably four. Bam's on fire. X a leader with her. And then Mam's El Tess, Agap Des Moines, Great Duchess, Mystery Love, and Sierra Sue. I think Matt Hill summed it up there in the broadcast
1: with two words. It did, did sum the whole race up. Too classy. That was proper And Jamie Richards, the trainer, is joining us this morning. Jamie, congratulations and a great return for the autumn. Morning, guys. Yeah, very really pleased with
5: that. And um, had to do it the hard way and, and carry a bit of weight. But. Um... Nice, nice one to kick off her, her preparation this time around.
1: It yeah, certainly was, and Damien Lane rode her like she was the best horse of the race. She was in a sticky spot, exposed, no cover. But rather than go back, he just elected to let her slide up there, do her own thing, and well, the rest was history.
5: Yeah, exactly. And I sort of said to, to Damien yesterday morning, you know, don't don't be too neutral coming out of the barrier. Leave your options open for for a hundred yards and, and see what eventuates. And um, yeah, probably making that move across the top when he was four deep, no cover, was was the winning of the race, getting getting in front of Sierra Sue and forward to midfield. And, and um, you know, there's only one bend there from, from the 1,200 at Caulfield, so it, it worked out
2: well. Jamie, she's on her way to the All-Star Mile. Was it an, uh, always the plan of the 1,200 first up there as opposed to, was it tempting to try that Group 1 race there yesterday or did 1,200 just fit better into the program?
5: Just trying to replicate what we were able to achieve in the spring, and that was sort of win the Epsom um, third up after a 1200 and a 1400 metre race. And, and uh, just a little bit mindful sometimes, not not all the time, but sometimes um, horses can have a hard run at 1400 first up, and it um, might just take the edge off them for their for their second up run. But um, I'm certainly glad that we kicked her off at 1200 off the back of a couple of trials, and she always has been able to to sprint well fresh.
1: Jamie, from the, the, the point of view of the animal, she's she's had the 20 starts now for nine wins and she begins another campaign. As we saw, she's done it very authoritatively. Is she uh, always improved physically and maturely and mentally every campaign you've given her? Yeah,
5: I think that's probably the, the key to her boys is, is, is she gets a bit older, like most of these good sababils that we've had a little bit to do with. They get better as they get older and more mature and mature. Um, he came back in after her break um, after her spring campaign weighing 550 kilos so she's a big robust mare now and um, yeah she should be in for a, for a good campaign.
2: Jamie how are you You balancing the, the training? I assume you're still in New Zealand are you?
5: Yep I am and uh, we've got a big team of horses and work here and um, you, you can get to Australia you know quite easily but you can't get back you've got to do the mandatory two weeks quarantine and and an isolation facility, managed isolation facility in New Zealand. When you get back, that's just really, really not an option. Um, so yeah, we're just training them through, um, you know, FaceTime and photos and videos, and uh, we've got some great staff in Australia, which is a big help.
2: Got an extra challenge trying to do it that way.
5: Um, I, I don't think I don't think it's too bad now. It took a bit of getting used to in the spring, but. Um, um, got a really good handle on handle on things now, and a lot of faith in our staff, um, Ashley Henley and, and Melbourne, and, and Craig uh, Thornton and Sydney. So um, uh, it's important that we've got you know really good horse people over there, and, and thankfully we do.
6: I
1: haven't actually checked the the latest um, voting figures with Probabil. Is she popular in the All Star Mile? Are they getting behind her?
5: Yeah, I think she was about seventh or eighth yesterday. Um, and hopefully she might get a little bit more support after that. And we also um we've also got Melody Bell as an unlikely starter, so um you know, hopefully the the votes that Melody Bell attracted from the Kiwis will, will go on to Proverville.
2: Yeah, she is sitting in seventh spot there, so um you'd think she's pretty comfortable. she's had a run at the at Mooney Valley. She ran well enough in, in the Cox plate last year. Yeah, she did. She,
5: she ran really well and just um uh, I heard you guys talking before uh, I came on that uh, the soft track suited um uh the winner. Um so Dragon A were it just, you know, took this thing right out of us. We we like the good ground and uh, that's why she's in Melbourne at this time of the year, you know, probably compared to to being in Sydney. It
2: was an emotional day for you last last weekend. Obviously Melody Belden spoke of getting that, that equaling Sunlines record. It must have been a, a fantastic thing to be a part of there last week.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Something to, to be very proud of. She's done a, a wonderful job on 13 Group 1s. I you know, just want to make it pretty clear that she's won most of those um, Group 1s in New Zealand, whereas Sunline was obviously a Mayor of the World and, and won a lot of her good races in Australia. But still an amazing feat to win 13 Group 1s, no matter where in the world it is.
2: Well, we're certainly looking forward to seeing her in Brisbane. Is that, the, is that the plan? I understand that she'll she'll come here and maybe see out her career in those two Wait for Age races here in, in Queensland?
5: Yeah, we're going to get through the um, uh, Herbie Dyke was coming, said that, Tarapa, and then make a bit of a plan, but um, you know, Sydney and, and Brisbane are certainly on the radar but um, we'll just see how it all fits in in the next couple of months.
1: And Jamie, just before you go, and just speaking of, of, of Brisbane as Nathan's outlined, uh, would you plan to bring a few more horses for our winter carnival?
5: Um, yeah, we could we could look at doing that. Um, we'll just get through the, the remainder of the probably the next three or four weeks here and then keep a bit of an eye on things but it's important that you're bringing fresh horses up there you can't bring horses that have been racing right. through the depths of the of the season here so um we'll have a good chat to to Dave about that and um and make a bit of a plan but yeah we, we've we have had a bit of success you know bringing um we took Melody Bell over there when she was a two-year-old and, and uh you know bought six or seven that year and won a couple of nice races so uh certainly something that we are keen on it's just the the travel restrictions that are in place now, um, you know, just make things that little bit trickier.
1: Well, a terrific staff at Probabil and uh, she looks set for a, a great campaign. We'll see her in the Futurity. Thanks for your time this morning.
5: No
2: problem, thank you.
1: Jamie Richards joining us discussing Probabille. Futurity's going to be a good race, isn't it?
2: Yeah, so it certainly will be, and she just keeps getting better. Like she was competing in top races as a two-year-old, and yeah. Funstar probably fair to say had the edge on her as a, certainly as a spring three-year-old, and maybe even in in the autumn. But she turned that around as a four-year-old, and she's gone right on with it.
1: Yeah, as he said, that every time she's taken that extra step and, and being a saver bill, that's that's no surprise. She firmed up from eight dollars to four fifty for the futurity probability So. She's right up there at the top of the list. Streets of Avalon. We're just mentioning him. He's twenty one into thirteen after winning the or oh you yes, now into eleven dollars. So they both naturally enough were firmers after their winning performances yesterday. probably and Streets of Avalon. Snap Dance ran third of that race. We saw her at the gold cash. She certainly had a chance there yesterday.
2: Yeah, it, it was. Matt Hill said it in the call, didn't he? It was the the class runner? She sat deep and carried the big weight, and she put them away. And um, that's the difference between a genuine carnival horse and a, and a horse that had come through some some nice wins through the summer.
1: Let's listen to a few more races at Caulfield yesterday. We'll go to the Ruberts on the last, the sprint, and Profit's Thumb was the winner here, starting at eight dollars.
3: At the 500 metres, it's the final favourite, Grey Worm and How Howo-Matic. Profit's Thumb travels up three wide. Garner needs some room behind them from Sword of Mercy Ditto. Bold Star to the outside from Causeway Girl High Stranger, Viridine Shamino. Grey Worm lets down at the 200 metres from How matic Profit's Thumb, Garner on the inside and Bold Star down the middle. Profit's Thumb at the 100 takes the lead narrowly. Bold Star, Garner back on the inside. Profit's Thumb just in front of Garner. Profit's Thumb. Prophet's Thumb has won from a photo. Bold star Organa, then Grey Worm from Viridine Dean Howomatic. Behind them, Sword of Mercy High, Stranger Causeway Girl and Shimino. She's a good bit
1: of fresh, Profit's Thumb, uh, for uh, Team Friedman. First up there yesterday and got the money. And uh, Jamie Carr in the saddle, a treble... To Jamie yesterday, profit some, but she's a more than capable man. That was her fifth win yesterday.
2: Yeah, she's hard to catch. She hadn't won since September 2019. She was one of two feature winners there yesterday that had been out of the winner's circle for some time. But just with her racing style, I guess she needs everything to fall into place, and that it did yesterday.
1: That was a group two. Let's go to another group two earlier in the day for the three year olds. This was the autumn Mistakes.
3: So plenty of gaps appearing in the field at the 600 metres. It's El Solto by three quarters of a length El Tire Ranger. Poland is right there. Four lengths. It's our time. Jet propulsion getting going. Amish Boy does as well. I'm Thunderstruck sticks to the inside from your long coat. A gap young worth and El Barado. El Tire Rangers grabbed El Solto, but Poland grabs it in turn. I'm Thunderstruck is joining in from It's Our Time. And Amish Boy down the outskirts. Poland at the 200 metres from I'm Thunderstruck, who's tiring It's Our Time. And Amish Boy still poland with 100 meters to go from it's our time amish boy poland going well and it's poland poland won the autumn stakes head bob a second it's our time or amish boy then three of them for fourth jet propulsion i'm thunderstruck your long code a gap to young are just doing a bit late further back was el tie ranger el Barado, and el salto
1: he only had a, a, a brief spring campaign and it uh, culminated in the, in the Guineas, the Caulfield Guineas. He was well beaten that day, but he might have just got over the top because he was spelled then and produced first up by Mike Maroney yesterday and a good effort to win a group
2: two first up. Yeah, he had beaten Grand Slam prior to that Caulfield Guineas and Grand Slam came out and placed in the Caulfield Guineas, but gee, it was no place for the faint-hearted that race yesterday. They... They went out hard, and a lot of those were out of play a long way from home. sort of. Uh, hard to, you know, young Werther obviously needs a lot more ground, but still beaten a fair way. And Amish Boy, that seems to be going to be the story of his life. He's a bit of a bridesmaid.
1: Yeah, he loomed and, and then peaked. Well, the Blue Diamond's only a couple of weeks away. We had the prelude yesterday, and this is where we'll round out with Caulfield. We'll listen to these two replays. Firstly, for the Phillies, and Caden for Godolphin was the $2.70 favourite.
3: Scorched Earth in front, being pressured by Taylor's moment, Genevi three white. Wolves behind those horses, they were followed by Decent Rain, deeper on the track, four deep Arcaded, getting moving now, followed by Caliper around her from Bird of Dubai, getting into a position with Pickerones and then Decent Rain who's been shuffled back, Scorched Earth the leader at the 250 still a length and a half in front Arcaded's the threat down the middle of the track, Scorched Earth under the whip joined and headed by Arcaded Arcaded went for the doctor and she's home. Arcaded, came clear from Scorched Earth and Wolves and Arcaded won it well. Scorched Earth, Wolves and pickerones. Then Genevieve, next Tempest, Charm and further back caliper decent. decent rainbird of Dubai. Lady Audrey towards the end of the field was second last in the race, Telleride and Taylor's moment at the back.
1: She's a street boss filly unbeaten two from two, both at Caulfield, of course, where the blue diamond is held and the first leg of a riding double for Damien Lane yesterday uh, times are always significant on this day when you compare fillies to Colts and Gillings.
2: She ran one four five five. General Beau one three fifty eight. So. Uh, yeah, but I'd say to the eye, she was far more impressive. Mm. Um, and times aren't everything, as we saw in the week before Magic Millions. Um, you couldn't have had the Colts beating the Phillies okay. based on what happened the week before Magic Millions this year. But um, you know, obviously, I think they're a rung below Enthar, those two winners we had yesterday. But I, I think she's got upside that girl, and I think she'll run well in the Blue Diamond.
1: Market frame thought as well. $26 into 11 now after that Prelude victory. And let's go to the, the Colts and Gillings Prelude, won by General Bowe.
3: Around the turn, 400 metres to go. It's General Bow off the rails and Extreme Warrior. They meet again, a length and a half away. Jigsaw trying to chime in, followed by Kalos Anamo the fence, and then Almighty Rising Marine one. Extreme Warrior at the 200 metres and General Bow stride for stride, a length and a half. Jigsaw. General Bow gets its neck in front of Extreme Warrior. Anamo late. General Bow at the 50 clear. Anamo's going to charge at it. General Bow holding on. Oh, Animo had a dive missed, I'd say. General Bo from Animo Jigsaw, and they were followed by Kalos in a photo for fourth from Yalong Turbo and a Totsu and Marine 1 A Gap Extreme Warrior. Further back in the field then was Constructum Umgawa and Almighty Rising. General Bo,
1: that was the first leg of Jamie Carr's treble, not actually nominated for the mm. Blue Diamond, but uh, oh, gee, Phil Preforce, he's done nothing wrong in four runs so far. He,
2: he hasn't. Will they pay that late entry, David? Because. He's got to go an extra hundred metres. He didn't look like he, he wanted an inch further there yesterday.
1: But the times don't lie, do they? <laughs> one three five eight. count uh, counted one four five five. In saying all of that, uh, surely it's Enthar's uh, race to lose. It, it, it just seems a different so. zone.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Enthar currently two twenty for the Blue Diamond was two tenths, just creeping out ten cents. Well, that was the action of Caulfield yesterday. Let's turn our attention now to Royal Ramwick, and the first race we go to listen to is the English Sprint. This was an upset result.
6: Malkovich left the fence, got two lengths in front of Japri, then the bopper from Asami, Primestar Dame Giselle's running on and Ole Kirk as well, here come the big guns, down the outside, Prime Star's bursting through and rocketing by, getting through, rocketing by Primestar, Ole Kirk the outside getting past Dame Giselle rocketing by in front of the English Sprint wow, what a performance, rocketing by has really raised the bar to win the million dollar feature from Primestar Ole Kirk and then Dame Giselle Followed by Bella Nipatina-Japri, the bopper, rule of law. Further back to Gabe Mayu Malkovich, and Asamu was last to finish.
1: Went off at $26, rocketing by. Karen McAvoy riding for trainer David Pfeiffer, but uh, arrived to score. Fairly bunch finish with prime star Olo Kirk and Dame Giselle make up the first four all within a length and a half of each other.
2: And it's a nice progression, isn't it, David? A, a narrow class one first up there on on January ten dollar thirty probably looked good in hindsight. Mm. Um, progressed from there to win win at Randwick and then um, take care of a, a couple of big names there yesterday.
1: David Pfeiffer trains rocketing by a great result for the stable yesterday and he's been kind enough to join us this morning on past the post. David, good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. Uh, Sometimes we see these horses win at big odds and uh, we say it was an upset result, but from your point of view, you know the horse better than anyone else. Did you give him a, a rough chance of winning?
0: Look, I knew I had the horse the best it could be. As well really his best was good enough to take on them, them top-line horses. And you know, I'm a realist. I, I, I respect the fact that the performances that the likes of Olo Kirk and Zell and, 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 and Prime Star have put in and... and yeah, I was happy if I could just be competitive. But, um, look, off to the way, when is it still Wallen can yeah,
2: Million-dollar races don't come along too too often, David. So, had you pe- pegged this race out for a while? Yeah, so to the ownership group, i this set this path
0: for, for a long time. Now, you know, the to set past so we've got to get here, <laughs> and we had to get the prize money to get here. So, it's uh, not part of the reason why we went in an hour to, to, to try and get that easy kill first up. Um, we got that and then coming and winning that uh, race at couple of was just uh, another good bonus in itself um, and it it's probably seemed to hold us into contentions to, to secure a spot in the race. Um, obviously, I ended up being 11 runners in the race, um, but um, look, as I said, you know he's he's got, had the horse in A1 condition on the day and as whether or not he's going to be good enough to beat their horses and whether or not they were a bit vulnerable first up and whatnot. Um, look, he, he, he was good enough to do it still
4: uh, in the end.
1: He's always been a good finisher in his races, and he's only had the eight starts now for four wins, and he ticked off another box yesterday. He's now won at 1,200. After yesterday, uh, big money in the bank. What do you, What's your plan with him for the autumn?
0: So, at the moment, we'll look at heading down to Melbourne uh, in three weeks' time for the English Dash, 200 right. uh, metres down the stretch uh, to It's It was nice money again, and then we'll be back in Sydney, uh, and we'll probably look to find a race after after um, English Dash. We're a bit unsure, but we'll probably look to finish up our preparation there if we The
2: the English Classic Sale kicked off there this morning. David, are you you there at the sale grounds this morning?
0: Yeah, currently marching around from barn to barn. <laughs>
2: uh, is it a, it's only half an hour in at the moment. Does it seem as tough going as it was on the Gold Coast? Uh, of
0: course, Gold Coast is extremely tough. So uh, this place here can be an opportunity to be more competitive. Uh, I haven't reviewed any of the results as yet, uh, but look, we've found some nice horses here. And, you know, it's a sale that can, can produce good winners. So hoping to... Uh, I
2: for me. Well, we better let you get back to that quest of finding the next Rocketing Buy. Well done from yesterday, and thanks for joining us this morning. No worries. Thanks for having
1: me, guys. Rocketing Buy, yeah, you can't fault the performance. Uh... Might have gone off for $26, but to settle back towards the uh, the tail, but to hit the line well. I'll know Kirk's run I thought was good and you yeah. know, naturally will be fitter.
2: Yeah, um, what about the sire? So you think so? He's had uh, rocketing by Peltzer win in Sydney, uh, Poland win in Melbourne, and also regards Marie. So this is one of our great middle distance horses, and he's such a versatile stallion. and um, Great to see him doing the job he's doing. And he throws so many of his horses that look like him with that distinguished oh, mane,
1: exactly right. Well, the feature race of the day, that was the English Sprint. The feature race of the day was the English Millennium for the two-year-olds. Carries a purse of $2 million. It was a big field, but the race was dominated market-wise by one horse called Profiteer. He went off at $1.75. Here's
6: the replay. Profiteer, he's running some time in the lead. And Profiteer's going to turn three lengths in front of Ashima and Pegasi off the bridle. Further back to Arthur Francis, Mystic Gem. Then Paper Daisy from Baranoff inside the two-fifty, And Profiteer's well clear. Ashima goes to a clear second. Arthur Francis to third. But it's Profiteer well clear. The capitalist card. In fact, he's extending... What a superstar, profiteer, and a big payday for his owners, winning the English Millennium in a romp. The Ruffy Baronoff may have pinned second, an inch in front of Pegasi. Nice for what laid on the scene, then Paper Daisy, Festival Dance, Amanda Long Cash, high, high, high mistaken identity mystic gem that Arthur Francis, followed by Keefe, Yoshima, dropped out from Reba Brook and Jessica Rabbit.
1: I'm interested in your analysis of this win because visually uh, it looks good. Was the odds on favourite? Wins by a big space and everyone's raving about it. Uh, You could always drill down a bit more on these wins and uh, really say, was it as
2: good as it looked? Mm. What do you think? I think, first of all, the the opposition's probably moderate. Mm. Um, But he he went very, very hard and that's going to be the the thing going forward for him if they can harness that early speed and, and, and try and save something up. For, for later in the race.
1: Yeah, I, I, when you see a performance like that, I'm always trying to mark hard and say, well, you know, how can we, you know, minus it? But the, the, time, the time was very good, and I'll, I'll break this down. They ran 1.4.29. Now, that's not a spectacular uh, time for 1,100 metres, but the day started on a track that did have the edge off, mm-hmm. it, and then they had rain, and it was downgraded to a soft five before this race. But the feature of this, and this is a point you made... They ran the first 500 metres in 28.42. Now, that is absolutely flying. So, what you saw visually was actually happening. It was going helter skelter But we're still able to maintain... And the last sectional is only average, 35.87. But look through the day, and most of the last 600 metres were pretty average mm. as well. Nothing broke 35. So... And it's not just an, an isolated performance because we saw him at Flemington run 1.2.8 up the straight there. So, both wins... Have been at eleven hundred. The margins he's won by, the times he's run, I've got no problem with the twelve hundred meters.
2: Uh, no, um, I'll put this to you: Enthar or Profiteer. Enthar four dollars fifty golden slipper, Profiteer, five dollars. Are the only two under double figures? Mm.
1: Well, I've, I think clearly established themselves as the best two-year-olds by mm. a long way. But it's good to see. It's good to see with Enthar and you now with Profiteer dominant juveniles, and they have both been dominant in everything they've done.
2: Well, what about Ritten Tycoon, the sire of Inthar? He's the grandsire of um, Profiteer and being by a capitalist who's, who's got a good one in his very first
6: crop.
1: Let's go to the Eskimo Prince, Group 3 level. Peltzer is the winner here. Uh, Tim Clark writing. We'll go to the replay first up, though.
6: So the face swings for home. Two lengths clear now from Beliba Then came Peltzer on the lead. North Pacific's struggling. He can't win from there, you'd think. It's the face in front by two. Here's Peltzer looking to protect his unbeaten Roundwick record and Peltzer moves up to the face. Clear then from Prague, but Peltzer going through his gears and he does it again. Five out of five at Roundwick. Peltzer drew away to beat the face. Prague in the third and North Pacific wound up at the end in the fourth, followed by on the league global quest. Tommy Gold and Believer was last in.
1: He's won six from nine Peltzer, but as Darren Flindell alluded to, uh, an extraordinary statistic, five runs at Royal Randwick for five wins. Gerald Ryan's a training partnership, but he's online now to to, to talk about Peltzer. Gerald, Gerald congratulations. Uh, this was. goes without saying, loves Randwick. He
7: does. He does. He uh... does. He's nice at uh, Kembler too he's first starting a race when, he, when they bet 20 to 1 about him it was really good
2: <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't show in the official fluctuations there Gerald you must have got in early that day he, no it
7: was early a few of the owners got $21 actually
2: when they when betting first went up yeah must and, be a um, nice position to be in in a feature race when you've got the two stable mates sort of level out and um, it's just a matter of which one's going to win
7: <laughs> yeah they're both nice horses you know Peltz is doing it and he's done it and He's come back well. Um, the other horse is still green and immature and throwing him in the deep end a couple of times and uh, could end up a, a really nice horse um, when, when he learns and gets his act together. But I was confident going into the races there yesterday that they would run one, two. And I thought the face with three runs under his belt, three kilos off helps. to uh, up front, Peltz would be giving him three length start. They could basically you nearly know, run the same sectionals. And I just thought, Gee, you know, he, he may not pick him up, but um, he just shows, you know, you he, he, a highly promising cult that's going great, you know.
1: What's the plan with what's, what's the, the, the end game with Peltzer? The Ramah Guineas?
7: Yes, yeah, he'll go now to the uh, Bart Fort, which is at Rose Hill, in a fortnight, where he meets them all at level weights and then he'll go to the with Guineas and we'll decide after that whether we're stretching to the Rose Guineas, what well, his pedigree says he should be doing or whether we come back to Doncaster. Tim's pretty adamant we should be aiming him at the Doncaster, three-year-old with no weight on his back. And um, But we'll just play by ear and just see, you know, Doncaster might come up a very good race because we but, you know, we'll just see, yeah.
2: Gerald, in the spring, he took sort of three runs or so to really hit his peak. Uh, that win yesterday, is that an indication that he's more forward this time or that he's just simply a better horse this time around?
7: A uh, bit of both. Um, with, in the spring, he's a gross colt. He never leaves anything. He's in your ever and... He forever, and just after the Golden Rose, I just started to work him harder, and I've never worked, a, especially a, a three year old, as hard as I was working him. And he sort of got fitter. And I, I like, even after Golden Rose, I went back to the stalls because you couldn't go to the out yard because of um, COVID. And I went back to the stalls, and I said to Sterling when he came down, I said, Dad, he's still not fit, you right? know, and, and we really upped his ante with him. And he coming out and won his next two, and it was probably most impressive when he got to the mile of the um, Bondi. So this time, we've done no pre-training with him, nothing, we brought him in where we saw everything, what he'd eaten and what he'd done ourselves, and um, you know, oh, he, still, he still works harder than any other horse in the joint, yeah.
1: What happens with the face, does he have a breakdown?
7: He has a break now, and now whether it's a short break and getting ready for the Arrowfield or whether it's a longer break and getting ready for Queensland, you know, Um, uh, we'll just decide over over he'll go out tomorrow and uh, we'll have a look at him in 10 days' time and just see whether he uh, come. If he come back for the Arrowfield, he'd probably only have the run one, one run. Uh, But, you know, you've got the race at the Gold Coast and. Uh, you got a couple of races there, doomed, and that could suit him. Um, uh, as a four-year-old, I reckon he'll run fourteen hundred metres, but I won't be trying to test him at that. As a three-year-old, you know. Yeah.
1: And just before you go, and just going back to Pelsa, uh, we've talked Randwick Guineas, we've talked Doncaster, so the Randwick Guineas, you know, definitely, but Doncaster an option. Would there be any hope if things change around? Would you ever consider a Stradbroke campaign for him?
7: Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, no, that was on the agenda back in um, the spring, you know. We, um, we, we'd we look at a race like that, yeah, for certain, you
1: know. Mm. Yeah, It would, it would mm. seem a, v- a very, very suitable target. Anyway, the, the good part is, mate, there are a lot of suitable targets I- in, there for the Pelzer, so uh, it's up to you to choose the right one, I suppose.
7: That's right. And one thing with Pelzer, he's so good out of the gates, mm. he, he makes life easy for himself. And. Um, uh, he gets himself in a posse, whether he leads or whether, he, as he done yesterday, sits behind the pace. But, and then, <coughs> excuse me, he's such a relaxed horse, he just switches off. You know, you'll know, you never see him pulling in a race. And um, he's the same at home. He's a cool customer and um, he, he's not culty at all. So, he, he, his biggest worry is my biggest worry is keeping the weight off him. <laughs> um,
1: good on you, mate. Always good to talk and good luck and good, oh, congratulations with Peltzer and good luck for the future.
7: OK, thanks,
1: boys. Thank you. Gerald Ryan joining us this morning. Another race I wanted to talk about. Uh, Team Hawks went into yesterday with a lot of uh, horses fancied, well mm-hmm. fancied. The results were, I, I suppose from their point of view, a little disappointing, but at least they did have success with Gritten Beauty. Uh, she was very short dollar thirty in the benchmark 94. She had to face the breeze three wide no cover, got the job done. The margin wasn't big, but I thought it was a... Um, a good performance considering she didn't have the best of runs.
2: Yes, she's building a pretty good record, isn't she, um, from when she won that maiden there you at know, the Gold Coast for, for Brian and Daniel Guy. Um, I think she'll just keep getting better. It's interesting that they start her off in that, that lower-type grade or, or took on the older horses with the with the light weight there rather than a stakes race first up. So she'll just keep getting better, I would think. And a lot to like about April rain. Oh, Yes. The very familiar colours, and mm. um, didn't, uh, that horse knuckled down really strongly at the end.
1: Yeah, three from three this campaign, and she is a line finder, and uh, was impressive there. She's got to uh, to, to uh, go up, and uh, but I'm sure she'll be capable of, of uh, beautiful bred as
2: well. Piero Faith Hill, remember Faith Hill? The grey, I think she's Grey dany on me Faith Hill.
1: No, I don't remember it. Okay. I'm sorry about that. One well, thing I can't, I can't remember this morning. Hey, so that was uh, racing at Royal Ramick and Caulfield. So, uh, some great racing, as we said at the top of the show. It's summer, but it feels like autumn. We'll take a break. Nathan, thanks for your time this morning, and uh, we'll talk on Press Room tomorrow. Cheers, David. Nathan X will be joining us. A short break, and then we'll come back and have a, a chat about Eagle Farm in Morfordville.
0: Past the Post on
1: Radio Tab. Night of at Eagle Farm yesterday. Let's go to the replay of race. Say this was a good three-year-old race at fourteen hundred metres. Into the bend, 450 left to Rana. Evie putting the acid on Jenny and going better. Nikki Spirit about to be revved up to come after the leading pair. Then spokesman followed by Patty's Fortuna. Boom Spender, Bundy and Coke, Batagas entry. Melissa Miyamichi too far back. Jenny and Taikun Evie, they in a war. Clear of Patty's Fortuna. Nikki Spirit trying to pick up the leading pair. Taikun Evie reached the lead. Jenny's fighting on Gamely. Taikun Evie's just in front. And Taikun Evie beat home Jenny. Third Nikki Spirit, fourth spokesman. then Paddy's Fortune, Bataga's Entry, followed by Bundy & Coke, Toy, Bellissimi, Amici, Calm Seeker, He Knows, and spender Last Over The Line. A written tycoon filly having her seventh start yesterday, posting her second win. Every run she's had has been good. She's always shown above-average potential. Trained by Rex Slip, written by Mark Duplessis. Her style of racing is to roll forward, which she did, and she was strong to the line. Interestingly, Rex Slip said post-race that He'd like to extend around it even, uh, looking at it from a carnival point of view, uh, thinking about a, a Queensland Guineas, but did not discount the idea of going to a Queensland Oaks. And we know uh, Rex knows plenty about that, winning an Oaks with Tinto. And Mark Duplessis, who's um, a reserved uh, rider post-race, had similar sentiments. So I thought that was interesting with, with Tycoon Evie. Jetty's run was good. Nikki's Spirit had her chance in third position. The previous race, most anchored in gear, in uh, multiples and in, in qualities and the like, a dollar thirty was the starting price. In gear travels up to the turn. 500 left to run. Chivago has stalked it all of the way. Portuguese tart third at the bend. Trail of glory fourth, but being revved up. Then came at the head of the other Sojourners, Daring bell, flying machine. Ross May and Scarab drops out. In gear in front. Chivago having a decent crack at the favourite on the outside. And the favourite is now under pressure. In gear trying to lift. Chivago's on terms. Portuguese tart two away in third. Chivago in gear. Chivago taking the lead. In gear. Can't match it. Shivago, Shivago beat in gear. The odds on favourite goes down. Portuguese Tart third, Daring Bell fourth, then Ross May Trail of Glory, Flying Machine Sojournist, and 15 lengths away, Scarab last over the line. Daryl Hansen is secure and a nice horse here in Shivago. A former Victorians had five runs for Daryl, four wins and a second, if you don't mind. Three on the bounce of the Sunshine Coast. Uh, was beaten at Ipswich uh, recently, but. Uh, made amends uh, there yesterday. Robbie Frad riding. Robbie rode earlier in the day at Aquas Park Gold Coast, hot footed it to Eagle Farm, uh, was second on She's a Boss, and then came up trumps on Shivago. But as we said, I suppose the the feature of the race, if that's the word to use, was the defeat of Ingear. And no excuses. She was able to to, to bowl in front, control the tempo. Shivago sat uh, behind her, stalked her, and ran it down fairly and squarely was, uh, on face value. You couldn't find an excuse for Ingear. As far as riding yesterday, Steph Thornton was um, in peak form, a riding treble, Divine Grey, won the four-horse long-distance race, was able to lead, was headed and fought back to win. Steph then uh, rode You Make Me Smile to lead all of the way in race six. He's got a fantastic second-up record, You Make Me Smile. I think he's won four from five, second-up or four from six. For Steve O'Day and Matt Hoystead, led all of the way, and then Steph was seen to advantage on another front-running right in the last race on C Raider. For trainer John Gilmore, wasn't unnoticed in betting either. 15 into 11, went to the front. There were several others uh, higher in the market. They had their chance to run down C Raider and they were unable to. So Steph Thornton with a riding treble and a good mention for Jimmy Orman, only recently back riding a double. Mashani Delight for Les Ross in the first. Les Quinella, that Mashani Delight, and Mashani Tulip. Big payday for the stable with... Uh, not only the prize money, but all the cutest bonuses. So congratulations to Les and Mike Crooks. And then Jimmy made it a riding double on quality approach. He won for the Michael Costa stable in the third race of the day. Other winners were Ligulate. I thought his win was good. Uh, I know it was only a five-horse field, but he was going up to 1,800 for the first time. He had a bit of weight to carry, 59 kilos. And he sat back last in a very slowly run affair. Matawi controlled it in front, they ran the last section from leader to winner in 32.66 and he was probably three off them at the 600. So he's delivered a, a super sectional. He's going great guns for Cody Morgan and Andrew Mallion had the ride. Leah Kilner, a three kilo apprentice, she was seen to advantage on Tessark, First up for Mark Curry in race number five. So that was the meeting at Eagle Farm. Let's go to the, our last replay for past the Post this morning. And this is the listed birthday cup at Morfordville.
6: They sweep up to the home bend in the Birthday Cup and Sikorsky now asked to
1: do more. Joining in Medieval Miss. Mongolian Marshal Epidemont, they took the shortcuts home. Wider out is Declares War with Farouk. Epidemont raced through to hit the lead with Declares War and Medieval Miss. Then Mongolian Marshal. Farouk's just one paste but it's Declares War going well. Declares War's edging away from Medieval Miss. Epidemont and then Farouk and Declares War takes the Birthday Cup. Declares War by over a length, Epidemont Medieval miss. Then Farouk, Don't Dream It's Over, Mongolian Marshal, Sikorsky weakened out, serious spender and exalted craftsman is last. Well, declares Wars trimmer Matt Kamani won the Camperdown Cup and won the listed birthday cup there yesterday. And a good pickup ride right for Kayla Crowther. Of course, Pat Maloney was one of the three jockeys that could make it from Victoria because of a COVID situation, so Kayla picked up the ride. And it declares war, declared victory. And a good week for Carla as well. She was announced the Ducks of the Apprentice School at their awards on a Monday night. And again at Morfordville yesterday, showing the dominance of the female riders. They won six of the nine races. So they are going great guns. There's plenty of riding talent in South Australia, particularly on the female front. Well, that's our review of racing today from Royal Randwick Caulfield Eagle Farm in Morfordville. It's only going to get bigger and better, certainly as far as Sydney and Melbourne is concerned over the coming weeks and months as we head towards autumn and the big carnivals. Of course, the All-Star Mile at Mooney Valley on March 13 and a little further down the track, the championships aren't too far away. Thanks for your company this morning. Look forward to you joining me again tomorrow morning on Press Room. We resume activities there. Plenty of news and views, opinions on what's happening right around the country. Until then, bye-bye.